Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. The Marijuana Hits Radio Show is every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. on Mutiny Radio. And it's where art and marijuana politics meet. With DJ Relief that rides his Palomino mule from the farm in Humboldtino to the Mutiny Radio studio on 21st Street in Florida and San Francisco. And medical marijuana activist and organizer Debbie Goldsberry. Record-breaking amounts of guests include authors, activists, scientists, and artists who come and review local organic medical herb. And the goal of the show is to inform enthusiasts of Green Bud about quality technique and fun times. DJ Relief brings his records and his vaporizing handheld vaporizing record player and plays your musical requests before you even request them. While Debbie Goldsberry advises you to choose to remain silent when they come to detain you on the Marijuana Hits Radio Show at mutinyradio.fm. Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Women's Magazine on mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco, broadcasting live out of the Mission District. I'm Global Val, and I have a very cool guest today. I've got... um, Actually, a fellow Mutiny Radio DJ, um, Dr. Beth. She's America's teenologist. So we're going to get to know her a little bit today and uh, see what her practice is all about. But of course, we can't really ignore, um, you know, the the music of... uh, I I thought that today I would kind of pepper in some of the music that I used to listen to as a teenager as we kind of explore this really heady topic of uh, adolescence and uh, how it plays out throughout our lives so uh let's let's get a little let's get a little wild folks
I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, I used to listen to Nirvana all day long, and I know that we could, but uh, but we're not going to do that now. You're listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. Thanks for tuning in to MutinyRadio.fm. It is November 20th, 2015, and uh, my guest today is Dr. Beth Halbert. She is America's teenologist. Welcome, Dr. Thank Beth. you, thank you, Val. So fun being with you. Woohoo! <laughs> Let's do this thing. Yeah, I love your spirit. I love your energy. So, um, as America's teenologist, what does that mean? What is what is teenology? Teenology isn't that a fun word? It I is love. Fun. I love that word. So, teenology is all about loving up the teens, loving teen energy. Loving teen spirit, loving everything and anything about the teenagers. And that can look to many people like a bunch of bunk or like a really scary, horrible thing. But to me, I see what other people see as breakdown. I see it as breakthrough. Like that's when we're getting to the real authentic next world leader. So if a child comes into me, and uh, they're talking to me about, hi, Dr. Beth, I'm so glad to be seeing a psychologist. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I said, maybe there's some part of you that doesn't really want to be here right now. And they look at me like busted. And I'm like, you know, most people don't want to come and see a shrink as a child. Why would you want to come see a shrink? Now they're starting to get a little bit more relaxed and also trying to figure me out. But it's like, if you can't speak your truth, why speak? If you can't tell me what you really think, tell me what you tell me what you want, what you really, really want. And uh, tell me what's going on inside that head of yours. Don't blow some smoke up my skirt. Because right. I can't tell the difference. All right. So then so then you so after that, they kind of open up and start. Absolutely. Kind of start telling you. Yeah. I'll say, uh, do you want to get out of here? And they'll say, yeah. And I'll say, well, let me tell you how to get out. Would you like to know how to get out? Y- yeah. <laughs> and I'll say, so the way to get out is you speak your truth and you let me know that so that I can let your mom know that you're safe and that you're back on the path and you're done with me. So speak your truth. Let us know you're safe. You're back on your path, not my path, not your mom's path, but your path. And then I'll give you the two thumbs up and you're done with me. So how do how do kids usually get referred to you? Is it um, you have a private practice or do you work in different uh, throughout school districts? Yes, 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 and yes. One of my favorite referrals is from teens to other teens. Oh, you need to get your mom to go see Dr. Beth. She'll help your mom. <laughs> or when the kids um, tell their parents, you really need to call Dr. Beth. And my absolute favorite was my niece that lived with me for about two years, and uh, she was five, and she would tell her mom and dad, you guys need to talk to Dr. Beth, not Beth, but Dr. Beth. We live together. We all live together, Uh, but she would tell them, (laughs) she would tell them they need to talk to Dr. Beth, not Beth, but Dr. Beth. Oh, how funny. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's kind of, you know, like. Young people, kids, teenagers, you know, but they have a sense of things that I think a lot of adults either don't understand or maybe they just kind of forget after their own kind of adolescence. And uh, and it's really hard to tap into that sometimes, I think, for folks. Or, or I would even I would even say things that many of us never got to feel like we haven't even gone 
to and through the teen years yet. Many of us got stuck in what I call the inner seven-year-old. And the inner seven-year-old is the compliance, perfectionism, trying to be a good girl, trying to do it right, trying to um, be perfectionistic, workaholic, successful. And what I would say that the teenager comes in and what people can say looks like it's destroying your life, but it's really bringing authenticity to your life and full-on self-expression. That's when, you know, if you just stay on the little hamster wheel or stay in the, in the cow corral and you just keep following moo, you know, whatever tell, somebody tells you to do and you jump through the hoops and you do the right thing, at some point you're dead and you either end up with an illness, clinical illness, a psychological illness, a physical illness, or some part of you just dries up. So if we don't get to live our passion and we don't get to speak our truth, it's a pretty lonely, sad, dull world. That's why I love teenology. Very cool. And again, the enthusiasm that you're emanating here is infectious. So I can see how teenagers would would uh, would uh, kind of alight to that. But you also work with parents. Yes. So what what's your angle with parents? How do you get the truth is it's the exact same angle. I talk to parents trying to get them to get reconnected to their own teen energy. So I say, you know, are you tired of, you know, working and working and working and working and working and giving your kids everything and having absolutely nothing? And they're like, oh, God, I'm exhausted. I hate life. And I said, so imagine you or your child. Would you want to live into that? Would you want to live into what your mom and dad look like right now? And I double dog dare them into being their authentic truth and living their full on passion. And I say it will be when you live into your passion and you live into your truth that your child will then wake up, be in their spirit, be in their truth, be accountable, responsible. You know, I give them a head trip. <laughs> that sounds great. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's sign me I, up. That's sign what me I up. want. <laughs> but the but the kind of seems like the like kind of the goal you you seem to be working towards is getting everybody to be happier and more communicative, and so so I guess that that that, that puts the question in there. So so then if parents are kind of allowing themselves to to blossom a little bit like like teenagers too. Yes. Um, I mean, kind of how are teens, how do teens respond to that? Oh, it's, it is hilarious. The kids, they look at their parents when they start to be crazy and wild and being their authentic self. And, you know, they get kind of uh, embarrassed and mortified and, you know, like, stop, you're too big, you're too much, just like we do to ourselves. You know, our little inner seven-year-old trying to calm ourselves down, calm our little three-year-old down, our little inner child that's, woo, you know, just a free spirit. And... Yet at the same time, they love it because then they get to be, they have permission to be authentic and real when you have permission to be authentic and real. And one of the things when parents tell me, you know, my child has stopped talking to me, I'll say, can you handle their truth? No matter what, would you rather know the truth and still love them unconditionally and have tons of compassion or would you rather them lie to you so that you can all keep looking good? Right. 
how do you get, I mean, I know a lot of, a lot of teenagers are when they hit that adolescent point, you know, 12, 13, whatever it is, um, they kind of go in a lot, you know, they kind of go deep. And I think maybe because there's so much confusion, Yeah. I mean, how do they get, I mean, some, obviously there's a a whole spectrum of people and personalities and everybody's different, but, um, for someone who has kind of gone into themselves and have become really kind of self-isolating, how do they get their voice? How do you, how do you help them kind of tap into their voice? I'm sure there's a lot of different ways to do it. You know, I, I always, uh, it, it, uh, it sucks to be a parent working with me. I'm just teasing because it always comes back to the parents, right? But if you as a parent get to speak your truth and if you as a parent get to be fully expressed and uh, stand in your power and be fully authentic and choose love and choose self-care and choose boundaries and everything that you would want for your child, then unconsciously you give your child permission to do the same thing instantly. The second you do it, you give your child permission. You give your child permission to go there. Um, sorry, I got a, the phone distracted me just a little bit. Um, so, so I, I kind of see how the, the subtlety, um, it, whether, you know, it's maybe more overt in some cases, but the, even just that subtlety that would allow the kids, the, the younger teenagers not the not the parent teenagers yes exactly (laughs) to uh kind of say oh okay I can I guess I they don't really want to put me in this box or I guess I don't have to be and well uh, and that's when that's when it's really challenging when I'm working with a child and uh the parent is just so stuck like let's say a parent says I'm a bad mom And no matter what I say, no matter how I say it, no matter what the child says, the parent is convinced they have failed miserably as a parent. So the message to the child, unconscious or conscious, is if you failed as a parent, I'm a bad child. There's no such thing as being a great parent and having a bad child. And there's no such thing as being a great parent and having a bad child. I said that the same way, but I meant the opposite. I I, I follow you. I know what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. So... Sometimes I had this one child that I worked with and I said, you know what? And by the way, the mother was in the room. I said, you know what? Your mom might not ever get this. She may not ever get it. She may be so stuck in her story that she is a terrible mom that she may never, ever, ever believe us. And this young child about eight years old said, well, I know she's a good mom and I know I'm a good child and that's my story and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) And I said, you go girl. You gotta love that. And you know what? The mom just started crying. She Mm. just started crying because she has to admit and be willing to be wrong about all those negative beliefs that she has about herself. And when we say, and when we stay stuck in those stories that we have failed, we unconsciously live our child into that self-fulfilling prophecy. Sounds like a human pattern. And I, I like that what you're that through your work you're trying to break break that pattern open because uh probably generations and generations have felt this way especially a very it's a very american thing i feel like teen teenager teen teenism uh is is such an american kind of uh rite of passage i mean we see it kind of reflected in our culture so much through movies and music and everything um but but i mean i I imagine I've, and I've traveled extensively. I've been to, uh, 17 countries and I, you know, I've obviously interacted with a lot of, 
of the people from those places, but not in any sort of deep way. You know, I haven't really gotten like close to anybody's family or anything, but it, it kind of begs the question for me because I see so many different cultures that are much more, um, you know, collaborative. Yes. Mature. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. Wise. We um, are seen, I think America, we are seen as the uh, teenage armpit of the world. <laughs> We have, a, we have a bit of a, a, a teen attitude in, in the way we are. Which, which is fabulous. I mean, it's like the world hates us and loves us, <laughs> right? They, they hate point. that we break all the rules. We, they hate that we um, are, are uh, so blasphemous in, in who and what and how we, what we stand for, yet they're t- kind of rooting for us at the same time. It's, it's quite interesting. When you were doing your travels, I've also done quite a bit of traveling. When you were doing your travels, did you find yourself apologizing for America? And Oh, sure. From time to time. <laughs> yeah. You know, where are you from? I'm from San Francisco. I'm from California. Yes. I want you to know. <laughs> but I mean, but the interesting part is, and I, I was, I, I did a lot of traveling in the early 2000s. So it was like, you know, around 2003, like going into Iraq and all these things. And, um, yes. you know, I mean, really really pretty treacherous times and but but the beauty of it though what i found is that the people i would talk to could differentiate mm-hmm. and they and they would say we don't hate americans we love americans and we love that spirit right yes um but we definitely disagree with what your government is doing and we know that's the government and it's not you. You yes. know, I mean, even though very the government generous. is of the people, right? Right. Should be right. Yes. But, 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 but a very generous attitude in every, every place I've ever been to. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I Asia, found that. Europe, I, you know, Latin America. I found that to be true as well. And I, I found myself listening like crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is what I recommend to parents and what I also recommend to teens. So if you find yourself with your eyes wide open and you don't know how to live as a teenager or you don't know how to live as a parent of a teenager, if you can, you know, start asking questions, that that is my uh, that's my mark. Ask questions. Whoever has the best question, that's the one that wins. And if you already have the answer to your question, then a child will see right through it. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, feed them loaded questions. Exactly. So you you know that uh, you have to go to school, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know you know that doing your homework is what's really important, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. And you're going to get an eye roll just like that, uh-huh. and you got absolutely no commitment in that response. You might as well have you know had a had a two thumb two thumbs up you know at the same time. It was not going to happen. Right. So if there's a kid who um, isn't going to school or has been, you know, trying very, very hard to avoid school, what are some of those questions that, that would be better than, you know, you got to do this, right? Exactly. Well, I've actually been in uh, uh, three different high schools this week dealing with children that have uh, said, I'm out, I'm done, I quit, you and what army? And, you know, when you're dealing with a six foot three or a, or a, or a, a six foot, you know, child, and then a single parent mom, that's yeah. my size, size, you know, five feet or a little, little uh, higher, what are you going to do? You're going to pick him up and, and take him to school? Right. Can't lock him in his room. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> so when, as long as we keep thinking that we have the illusion that we can control and manipulate and make our children do what we want, 
we are in big trouble. I call it screwed, blued, and tattooed. And so, <laughs> so what, what I would do is I would say to the child, uh, what's your plan? What's your plan? All right. So no, and they'll say to me, well, I'm not going to school. I say, got that. All right. Plan B, not going to school. Now what? And then I just keep asking questions and I get really curious because I have no idea where they're going to end up. I was working with a child this week that is going to be trying independent study. 50-50 chance. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if that's going to work for this child or not. Another child that's staying in the the school and going to be changing changing teachers. I don't know if that's going to work. Another child is just going to try to be better. I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> Whatever that might mean yeah, in, the, in, ex- their, in their heads. Exactly. Right? And with all three of those choices, there's an opportunity for greatness and there's an opportunity to fall on their face. And if we can help the children get that it's the journey, it's not what the results are right now. It's how do you want to experience the next week playing independent study? How do you want it to look? And we'll check in next Friday and we'll see what we think. Yeah. And then we can always change the game, change the plan, go in a different direction. So it's all about sweetheart. What do you think is going to be moving you towards your greatest, grandest version of yourself? So if I wanted to, um, lose X amount of pounds, What's going to make me lose weight? Is it going to be a a Nazi trainer? Is it going to be a, a, you know, a woo-woo kind of spiritual healing experience? Who knows what's going to be the thing that works for me? So I'm going to go in and check in with my inner family and ask each part of myself, what is it that you would like and what's going to, what is it going to make you feel in your greatness? What's going to really turn you on? Whatever it is you're trying to transform. So tell me about this. Tell me, let's explore more about this concept of the inner family, which is also um, described in your book called Embracing Defiance. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Women's Magazine here on Mutiny Radio. I'm interviewing Dr. Beth Halbert, uh, America's teenologist. Um, So the concept of the inner family, uh, let's explore that a little bit. What do you mean by that? So the inner family, uh, many people are more familiar with the inner child. Have you heard of the inner child? Oh, yeah. So I take the inner child and uh, I say I turn it up on steroids. I need a new a new analogy. You, but pump, you pump it up. <laughs> you pump bit. it up. There you go. <laughs> I take the inner child and I pump it up. That's my new. I stole, I'm stealing that you, now. That's a freebie. Go okay. for it. Thank it's, you. Thank you. And words so, are given freely here at Mutiny Radio. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so, so what I would do is I would take my little three-year-old, who's the authentic little feeling raw emotional part of ourselves the one that just goes down the street and goes or you know just full-on raw emotions with very little impulse control living it out loud living it out loud and there's another part that comes along that I call the inner seven-year-old and the inner seven-year-old is mortified of the inner (laughs) three-year-old the inner seven-year-old is like oh my god turn it down you're embarrassing me you're too big too much uh you're not doing it right you're gonna you're gonna fall on your face Uh, we're gonna lose all our money you know kind of the should monster the Mm. the inner critic the the part that's trying to be perfectionistic moralistic socialistic um uh, legalistic Yeah. yeah trying to do it right Mm -hmm. Then there's my favorite character that comes along. 
to try to calm down the seven-year-old. And that's the inner teenager. (laughs) So the inner teenager is the part of us that lives in full self-expression, lives wide open, our authentic truth, and sometimes might be blasphemous. May not be what society wants to hear. Don't ask me unless you really want to know the truth. So the inner seven-year-old is trying to keep us safe and keep us uh, successful. Yeah, kind of on track. Exactly, on track, organized, logical. Right. And then there's another version of ourselves, which is the greatest, grandest ideal version of ourself or our ideal self, our wise self, our ideal parent. And this part is like the moderator of all these other parts. Hmm. So if you want to get to know these parts and not be them, but know them, you can go to the 30,000 foot and start looking for these different characters Mm -hmm. and ask them what they say, what they need, what they think, what they feel. And you will start to feel less crazy because then you'll be the center of the spoke and not be hanging on to the outside of the spoke going, ah! (laughs) And feeling like you're in a complete whirlwind. Because when you're at the 30,000 foot, then you're able to connect with all those parts and and get that we are all of it. We are all of it. And we've... uh, And And full uh, of it. (laughs) Occasionally we're full of it. Especially we're talking about teenagers, uh, teenology. But uh, tapping into that... uh, Tapping into that energy and using it and and really appreciating it. Because I think a lot of teens uh, get... um, Kind of bad left, rap, bad rap, and they get kind of left behind because of it. Yes, um, and I think a lot of people are scared of teenagers. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, know? yes. Um, for for one reason or another, maybe it's because they really see themselves in it quite a bit. Yes. So let's take a little musical break again. Playing, uh, we're talking to Dr. Beth Halbert, uh, America's teenologist. You're listening to Women's Magazine, and I'm playing some music that I used to listen to when I was a teenager. So, um, see, have fun. If, if my, you know, if I can get it actually. I'm a DJ. What do you know? How's it going, dude? Hey, man, what's
back. Of course, I had to play some sublime. Um, if we're talking about uh, teenage years, obviously I was a teenager in the nineties, um, <laughs> um, which was kind of a, kind of a cool time to be a teenager, I guess. Uh, at least in a, the early nineties had, had some really great music later nineties. Not so much, but you know, okay, I'm getting off track. Uh, you're listening to women's magazine. I'm global Val. Uh, my guest today is Dr. Beth Halbert, America's teenologist. She's also a DJ here at mutiny radio with a new show every other Monday. I believe we yes. t- tell folks about your show and what, t- how they can tune in. It's called Ask Dr. Beth, America's Teenologist, and it is for the teen energy. It's for the teen in you. It's for your teens as a parent. Anything that has to do with teens and about teens, you could even be a toddler teen and show up on the show. We're going to be having a power parenting workshops live here at the studio, so you can bring any of your questions, bring any of your challenges, even if they show up in corporate America with your employees acting out like teenagers. And we, we, we'll touch upon that a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, we're, do, we're, we're doing well on time here. So I want to talk to you about your book, um, which is called Embracing Defiance. Yes, helping your child express their unique voice while you keep your sanity. How nice. Okay, so embracing defiance, almost oxymoronic. Yes, it is. Uh, tell us about your book and, uh, and uh, yeah, tell us about writing your book and who's your book for. So let me start with the end or let me start with the opposite. Sure. If you don't embrace defiance, what's the cost? So if you don't embrace defiance, you lose complete connection with your child. You lose connection with your employees. You lose connection with others. And it, fire begets fire. Hate begets hate. Um, hurt begets hurt. So when we push it away, then we end up getting more of it. However, when you embrace it, that's when it dissolves. And now you're on my team. Now we're working together as a team and now we can move towards win-win. But in the very beginning, it can look really scary. It can freak people out. And if you cannot let your fear control you and really, really choose love instead of fear, that's how you embrace defiance. If you have a child that is completely compliant, that means they're going to be compliant not only to you, but they're going to be compliant to the drug dealer. They're going to be compliant to their spouse. They're going to be compliant to the boys. They're going to be compliant to their boss working 22 hours a day for slave labor. So if I can't speak my truth with you as a, as a parent and you as a significant authority figure in my life, then I can't speak my truth to anyone. So I've got to practice somewhere, somehow with someone. Why not it be you? Why not be you? How do you say that? (laughs) Hey, how about if it's you? (laughs) There we go. I like, I I like how you, how you, you're, you're, you're quick, Dr. Beth. I, I appreciate that. Um, and, and I'm sure it, it both dazzles and, and uh, intrigues your, your clientele. Dazzles <laughs> your and delights. There you go. Um, so if you've got a, a teenager who's being defiant, like let's say, um, you know, maybe they go to school and, and they're fine in, in that regard, but then uh, they go out with their friends and they refuse to comply to a curfew. 
Good one. Good one. All right. So, first of all, are you driving? If you're driving and you refuse to adhere to a curfew? No more car. You might have lost the keys. So, we may need to, uh, you know, slow this down a bit so that you feel like you can get back in your power so that you're responsible enough to drive. Um, it's my job as a parent to protect you. It's my job as a parent to keep you safe. And if we are not on the same page with this, I am um, unconsciously giving you permission to hurt yourself. If, so if you're telling me that you can't make it back on time, then I am putting you in danger. That's what I would say to a child. I am putting you in danger by giving you these keys because you, you haven't quite mastered uh, timing yet. So maybe what we need to do is start with maybe you can try the car from 8 to 9 o'clock and then we'll see if you can, we can expand it to 9.30. If you make it to, you know, if you make it till, if you make it in by 9, then maybe to next, next Friday night, it can be 8 to 10 o'clock. And then if you make it in by 10, the next Friday night, we can make it 8 to 11 o'clock. So depending upon how easy it is for you to live within the boundaries, then, then we'll uh, know what is safe for you to have. I'm not going to give you a loaded gun if you don't know where to point it. Right. What if they don't, what if they aren't driving? What if they're just going out with their friends and, you know, someone else is driving and, uh, or, you know, there's some, some place where, you know, people are getting around in some other way. So what I would, what, one of the things that I teach parents to do is actually first to talk with the children. So what happened? You know, what happened? And a lot of times we just automatically assume they're rebellious. We automatically assume they're bad. We automatically assume that they're trying to make our lives miserable and destroy us as, as adults. You know, that they're intentionally hurting us. And my assumption is actually the opposite. My assumption is they're doing the best they can and they may not be quite ready for that responsibility. So I'll have a child that's in my office and this is with a young child and they'll have a, a thing of crayons and they're about to spew it everywhere. You can see that look in their eyes and I'll say, oh my gosh, you're mad. And then they don't have to spew the crayons. So if I can guess why they're acting out, they stop acting out. Maybe they skip the curfew because you didn't listen to them and you didn't let them finish their sentence. Hmm. Another thing, if they're the windows open in my office and the child is leaning out the window. I'll say, is it too tempting to have that window open? Do I need to close the window or can you pull yourself in? So I give them the power and about half the time the kids would say, we need to close the window. Are you kidding me? They really say that. Wow. And then the other half the time they say, no, I can reel myself in. I said, okay, well, we'll give it a try. And if you don't, there's no harm, no foul. We'll just shut the window. Same thing with driving, same thing with curfew, same thing with everything. No harm, no foul. You know what? You're learning. Maybe there was just too much freedom and maybe we need to, uh, I, I need to make you feel safer. Mm -hmm. You tell me, how do we create a win-win? I don't want to be the boss of you. How do we do this? You tell me. I don't want to play bad guy unless, unless I have to, I will, but I don't want to play that role. I don't want to fight you. Let's have fun. Let's work this thing out. Is it a reasonable time for you to come in at X time? 
And if they say, no, that's not reasonable. Okay, well, what do you think is reasonable? If they say 1110, say, all right, I'll tell you what. You think if we switch it to 1110, it'll work? That will be the magic number? Let's try it. Yeah. Let's try it. If 1110 works, then we'll try it. If it doesn't, then we'll go back to 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or we'll just stop going out for a week. Yeah. Until we, we see that we, we're back on track. We'll give you, a try, give you a trial period to master this timing in another way. I like I like your I like your approach because it it gives the the young person the opportunity to try to negotiate on their own behalf. Yes. Um where but but also gives the parents an opportunity to um kind be of be flexible. Sh- yeah, be flexible and also kind of subtly uh show, you know, really what are the options here? Like you really want 10 more minutes. Okay. Yeah, and are, right? we, and, and are we getting attached to 11 o'clock? Are we getting attached to 10 o'clock? Come on. If I'm there at 10.04, who cares? Right. But the fear becomes that if it's 10.04, then the next time it'll be 10.10, then the next time it'll be 10.30, then, the ne- you know, we start future tripping. Whereas what you can do at 10.04, you go, oh, 10.04, do, 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 do. And then the next time they come in at 11 at uh, 9.59 or whatever, you know, one minute under curfew. And you say, oh, my gosh, somebody, let's have an award. We need, to, you know, and then have fun with when they make it on time. Yeah. Instead of making it be all about the punishment and all about the discipline. Right. Right. Definitely. I, I mean, I kind of do that in my in my teaching sometimes. You know, I teach English as a second language and. A lot of the students, I mean, they really want you to correct their mistakes, um, but you know, which I do to to an extent. But then when somebody does says something like a really great turn of phrase or something, I incorporate it back into the class. Yes, I be- love it because it just you know it reinforces that a whoever it was that said it said something totally totally right on. Yes, um, and then it also empowers the other students to use the same expression or learn something new or you know latch on to some some different idea um so yeah i think that positive reinforcement is definitely a key yeah i even go to the point that i challenge parents that if you say something negative then back it up with five more positives say the same thing to the children if you if you want to say something negative then uh, sandwich it with either positive on the top, you know, give me a positive sandwich. Yeah. Uh, and so here's what I love about you. Here's what the wins are. This is what I really appreciate. This is the one thing that I'd like more of. And then, um, let me reiterate all the things that I love about you. And then it's easier for all of us to swallow and integrate and transform and move into this new growth when we feel confident and we feel great about ourselves. But if all we get is the criticism and the negativity, then why bother? We quit. Right. Right. It's like having a bad job. Right? Exactly. <laughs> or a bad hair day. <laughs> That's right. You can't quit those though. You know. But you can put a hat on. <laughs> yes. but, we're, but we're not talking about band-aids. We're talking about uh, some, some transformation. Things. Yeah. Right on. Um, so back to your book, yes. which is Embracing Defiance, Helping Your Child Express Their Unique Voice While Keeping Your Sanity. Um, you talk about uh, the 10 keys to compassionate parenting. Can yes. you give us a little overview of those? Absolutely. So when I say the word compassion, what do you think of? Love. Love who? Everyone. Yes. So mine is actually 
love yourself first. So my whole theory and my whole conceptual um, system is the 10 keys to compassion. C-O-M-P-A-S-S-I-O-N. C is for compassion, falling madly in love with what is now. So if you're 80 pounds overweight, fall in love with it. If you're failing miserably, fall in love with it. See what's perfect and divine about it. If you are bankrupt, see what is the, you know, what, what's the benefit of being bankrupt? And, and I have a whole nother uh, strategy. I can go down a lot of roads on that one. But the first one is falling madly in love with what is. Take where you are, fall madly in love with what is. Then the next one is O for own your story, uplift your life. And the O of compassion is whatever you are believing, you get to be right. If you look around the room right now and you look for purple, you're going to find purple. If you look for black, you're going to find black. If you look for red, you're going to find red. So be careful what you're looking for and be careful what you're inspiring people to believe. Like, let me tell you about my child. He's a ha 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 ha. Let me tell you about my spouse. He or she's a ha 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 ha. And it's like you're inspiring and enrolling and teaching people to believe exactly what you're saying. So O is for own your story. M Another one of my favorites, and you can only use M if you really hold on to the C. Because if you go to M without the C, you're going to be screwed, blued, and tattooed. Because if you go to Mirror Mirror without compassion and a ton of it, a ton of self-compassion, you're going to use this as a big, huge stick to beat yourself up. Hmm. So my whole process is no one gets to be wrong, especially me. Wherever I am, I'm doing the best I can until I choose, choose an upgrade. Right now, this is the best I can do. You know, would you, would you uh, punish a baby who's uh, pooping and peeing in his diaper? Would you punish them? Yeah, no. Of course not. Would you, um, w- would you put a, a first grader in prison that can't do algebra? <laughs> of course not. Yeah. Would you take a mom who hasn't mastered fill in the blank and give her a sentence to hell as a bad mom? I would not. Okay. Now that's a harder question, right? And what I would say is it's no different than the baby or the first grader or any one of us. We're doing the absolute best we can with what we've got. And if you can start there with that compassionate place, then we have no place to go but up. And then we can try on new things, try on new learnings. And it's so much more fun to live life from fun and playfulness than from shame and blame. So M is for mirror, mirror. If you spot it, you got it. So if I start taking your inventory and I say, well, Val, ha, 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 you oughta, you shoulda, if you woulda, you coulda. And I start telling you all these things. I'm telling on myself. So if you can start listening to people that are know-it-alls and start, it, it's quite an interesting way to play. Don't use it out loud. Just use <laughs> it for your, your own amusement. Sure. And then you'll start to see it and catch it in yourself. That's a good so, point. So this is not something point. to use on your spouse. This is not something to use on your kids. Mirror, 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 unless it's in the positive. Like if you said to me, Dr. Beth, I love your energy. I would say mirror, mirror, Val. You are hot. You are fantastic. I love the mirror in you. I love the mirror of me in you. I love how we vibe together. So mirror, mirror is what you see in another person, both positive and negative. Mm -hmm. You can find within yourself. 
So those are my top three, just to kind of get you in. Yeah. I don't want to bore you with the whole list, but it's playful is uh, C-O-M-P, uh, A for affect, S for self-care, S for self-trust, I for intrinsic into extrinsic manifestation, full-on manifestation. Oh, yeah. Uh, o for organize your village, not only your external village, but your internal village. And then the last one is K, capital N-O-W, know your boundaries. And so it starts with... And my boundaries are not telling you what to do. My boundaries are not trying to move you around and get you to act a certain way. My boundaries stop and start right within my bubble. So if I don't like how you're talking to me, I can remove myself. I can't stop you from yelling or cussing or saying anything and everything that you want to say. I can just put earplugs in and leave. That's my boundary. Yeah. But what most of us try to do is we try to impose our boundaries on another person and then they try to impose their boundaries on us. And that's when we have the war. Amen. Sister. That's right. Dr. Beth Halbert here, a, a fellow radio DJ here at Mutiny Radio every other Monday, four to six, four to six p.m. Mutiny Radio dot FM. Um, we're talking about some of her keys to com- 10 keys to compassionate parenting. Um, a lot of some of the other ideas that are in her book called embracing defiance, helping your child express their unique voice while keeping your sanity. Now on the last thing you were talking about is that, you know, kind of having these, these conflicts of boundaries. Um, you also work with, uh, businesses and employees. Yes. Uh, we, we've got a few more minutes. You want to talk a couple minutes about how you work with, uh, businesses and, so, you know, have you ever heard um, business owners say, I have a bunch of kids, I just have children, I work, I have a bunch of adults that are children? Yes, I have heard that. Or also you hear many times a woman say, I have three kids, two, two of my own and my husband's my third child. <laughs> I have heard that as well. Okay. So when we turn our adults into children, then they act like children. It's projecting, right? Yes, we are projecting and we get to have a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I call that me becoming an inner seven-year-old know-it-all. Like, I'm all that. I'm going to tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to do it. And you have two choices if I do that. You can either become compliant doormat or you can become a rebellious hellion. What's your choice, Val? You personally. If I tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to do it, what's your choice? Three or teen? I'm probably going to walk away. <laughs> okay. So you're, and, and that could either be you're walking with your tail between your legs as a three-year-old or you're walking away shooting me a bird as a teenager hmm. with a little attitude. So which would yours be? With compliance, walk away and, and I wouldn't even know that you, you left or with defiance where I just had my face rubbed in it? It might be a little bit of both actually. Okay. Kind of a, I'm kind of a quiet type. Okay. All right. So you would be one of those isolated, you know, those isolating, you don't know where they stand. And those, the quiet type, those are the ones that I worry about because they have so much passion. They have so much going on between the ears and we have no idea what's going on. We don't have a clue. So it's extremely important. You know, a lot of kids that sit in the back of the class, they never say a word. They are not a problem. But they're also not engaged and they're not in the game. We're losing them. We're losing our kids. So in businesses, the way this shows up is you have probably 90% of your employees that are 
playing video games behind your back, uh, short shorting the stuff out the uh, you know, if if they're not happy, not all employees do this, but you know if they're not in if they're not happy in their job, mm-hmm. and the reality of how many people are happy in their job is astounding. Uh, I think one of the the um, statistics I heard was over seventy percent of employees are not happy in their job and they're looking for work. Yeah, so sad. It's really scary. So the ones that are like in your face. Those are the defiant teenagers. So when I go into a business, those are the ones that I look for to become the next world leaders. The ones that are compliant doormats, I, I'm going to have to get the next world leaders to wake up to lead the, the ones that are doormats. I'm going to have to wake them up. But the ones that are doormats, they are so dead right now that they're not, even if I came in, they're not going to tell me the truth. But I take somebody that has already lost it all, that's about to be fired, and that's the one that's the next world leader. And that's the inner teen energy. Those, and that's what I do. I say, give me the one you're about to fire. And that one becomes the next leader of the company because they still care. They still have passion. They're still trying to get somebody to listen to them. Right. Right. Which is very, very much the, the teen energy that, uh, that I think a lot of us can relate to. Yes. Um, so, Dr. Beth, it's been a, such a pleasure to have you here as my guest on Women's Magazine today. Um, Thank you. And I hope we could do it again, and, and we'll definitely let people know to listen, tune in and listen to your show. It's every other Monday yes. here at mutinyradio.fm, 4 to 6 p.m., and it's Ask Dr. Beth. So how can people get in touch with you to ask you, Dr. Beth. Thank you, Val. Thank you. Thank you. So you can find me at Dr. Beth at drbeth.com. <laughs> D-R-B-E-T-H at drbeth.com. And if you go to my website, there's a place to sign up for tons of free stuff. You can watch videos. Uh, you can go to my YouTube channel, Dr. Beth CP for Dr. Beth's Compassionate Parenting CP.com. And you can find videos. And I even have a uh, live TV site for streaming, drbethtv.com. So lots of places that you can find me, lots of places to show up, send any question, and I am all about being of service to the teens and parents of teens. Very, very cool. A very uh, needed service, in, in, in my opinion, um, when, you, when you look around and you see mopey teenagers and, uh, and, dis, and uh, confused, you disgruntled. Know, disgruntled looking parents. Um, <laughs> Miserable, yes. And, and even, you know, like... People who teach teenagers, you know, I give, I, I mean, to, to your credit and to everyone out there who works with teenagers, thank you for doing what you do because yes. it is such a hard age to um, tap into and connect with, I think. Only if you try to control it. If you embrace it and love it, it's a blast. Word. <laughs> word up all right and that's the word from dr beth halbert and that's the word from women's magazine i'm global val thanks so much for listening to this really interesting uh conversation here about uh the teen energy um dr beth is america's teenologist check out her website drbeth.com and all these different ways that you can connect with her have her answer your questions or or, or show up at, a, at an event do you have any events uh, coming up 
first Tuesday of every month, I have a uh, power parenting group in Danville. And the third Tuesday of every month, I have a power parenting event in Dublin. And then uh, we will also be having events here at the studio at Mutiny Radio, uh, Power Parenting. And those will also be live streaming webinars so that you can attend from wherever you might be. And if you'd like to host an event and get a group of 10 parents or more, give me a call. And I will come and show up and uh, be the fun. Very cool. And, uh, you know, you're out there listening right now. And obviously you can tell Dr. Beth is really fun, but I'm in the room with her and I definitely can tell she's really fun. Um, Thank you so much for your work. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Val. Yeah, for sure. Uh, A nice uh, way to, to kick off our Friday afternoon here at Mutiny Radio. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. And just so you know, we're uh, I'll be taking a break here from Mutiny Radio. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving, um, so will, I will not be doing a show the day after Thanksgiving. And then the following Friday, I'm also out of town. So uh, if you tune in, you may uh, hear a pro- podcast. But if not, you want to hear some of the old shows, check out the podcasts on mutinyradio.fm. Thanks, everybody. And let's live and let's learn. Getting your heart trampled